We might need to alter the name because I, I think we're starting to get to like cult films that aren't really necessarily obscure. But hey, whatever. But Let's I guess, like I guess the, but the rule should be if we consider it obscure or not. There we go. Aha. Uh -huh. Am I right? I don't see why it wouldn't be. It's our show. <laughs> it's the real bad news cast. We're doing obscure some. Six complete strangers of widely varying personality characteristics are involuntarily placed in an endless maze containing deadly traps. Does anybody remember how they got here? Why would they throw innocent people in here? Are we being punished? There's a way in here, so there's got to be a way out. Do you think they'd go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out? Take a good long look around. Cause I got a feeling it's looking at us. We have about three days without food and water before we're too weak to move. I just want to wake up. Room down there, and something almost cut my head off. Motion detectors integrated into the walls. Tough to spot. You're not getting out of here. Yes, we are. There is no way out of here. We need to get around the traps. They're identified by crime numbers. We'll figure it out. I can't. I'm not dying in a rat maze. No more talking. No more guessing. You got to save yourselves from yourselves. What the hell? Be moving in circles, the runes have. We are the key. The cube is us. Cube directed by I Vincent. Well, Vincentio? I came. Natalie? Yeah, sure, I butchered that probably. A movie that came out in 1997. A movie that maybe, maybe Saw got some inspiration from? At least the traps? Maybe, kind of, sort of? Oh, this is definitely Saw-inspired. Um, I am Rage Killer. I'm here with Wolfman Cottonards and General Otz. What did you think of Cube? Because I exactly remembered it when I saw it when it came out in, like, I think it was 99, 2000. Um... I haven't seen it since I watched it the first time, so rewatching it again was pretty pleasant. Definitely well when I first saw it, and I still thought it was really good today. Quite well. Lots. Cube is a great example of a classic late-night cable science fiction film. Uh, it's got a very low budget, but it has a very high concept and a very uh, highly technical story. Uh, it's a film that relies upon both the set and the actors more than anything else. There's not a lot of uh, special effects in this film. What effects there are still hold up fairly well, but it really comes down to the actors interacting amongst themselves and acting off of the set. Uh, this is a film that is much more cerebral than your average late night cable fare. Uh, it's a lot of uh, psychological stuff going on Behind the scenes, there's a lot of... Uh, well, when I say behind the scenes, I don't mean behind the scenes in real life. I mean behind the scenes with the characters and what's going on in their own minds. Uh, the traps really are used very sparingly. This is not some sort of gore fest where people get their heads cut off every five seconds. Uh, the film sets up the traps, shows how dangerous they are, but then really scales back a lot of the violence. 
and it's just more about uh, how the characters react to what's going on. And the one thing I really liked about this film more than anything else is how it plays with your expectations. The person you might think is the hero might not necessarily be the hero. Uh, the guy who acts like an asshole might not actually be the villain. You just have to pay attention to what they do and how they act. Uh, one thing that I really also liked about this film, and I didn't know uh, at the time when I first saw it, that this guy would actually become as big as he did, but the guy who plays Rodney McKay in uh, Stargate is one of the characters in the film. Uh, does a pretty good job, actually. So overall, I gotta say, Cube has held up quite well, and, you know, it's not a matter of it holding up, it's still just a good, uh, good film in general. Also, one of the actors who played Robo Cable in the Made for Cable uh, Robocop movie movie thing, Prime Directive, was also. <laughs> At least that's the only other thing I remember the guy from. <laughs> so, overall, I think we'd all recommend this movie. Uh, right, right, am I right? I should certainly think so. Okay. Absolutely agree. Before we get on spoilers, I think some of the trivia is interesting. Um, yeah, they shot the film in uh, 20 days, and yeah, it was basically one set, and they just uh, changed the colors and the camera angles and whatnot. Um, the characters are named after prisons. Uh, they also reflect the prisons themselves. Uh, example, uh, Kazan, the mentally challenged character in Russia, was a prison for the mentally ill. Um, I'm gonna butcher these names. Rennes, R E N N E S, Rennes, I don't know. The mentor is a French jail. This pioneered many of today's prison policies. Quentin, the detective, is known for his brutality. Holloway was a woman's prison in England. And uh, Alderson is a prison where, um, where isolation is a common punishment. So, yeah, that's. I don't wanna be that guy. But um, uh, when you mentioned Quentin, you forgot to speak of what prison he was named after. Ooh. It doesn't say. Huh. I'm only San looking... Quentin. California. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. wow. Over my head. That was not a doe. That was a ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, leaving work. Uh, Bo. He says. <laughs> Go. Uh, let's see, the majority of films was filmed handheld. Um, the special effects company Core did the digital effects for free, so. Um, well, that's always friendly. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, because uh, it was filmed in. Uh, Fun for free. <laughs> yeah. Because it was filmed in uh, Toronto. So, to show their support, they. Of course, there's very few digital scenes in the movie. In fact, the digital thing that I could really notice was um, uh, the face and all thing. Right. For that, we shall get into spoilers. <sighs> um, you would see on a Honda. <laughs> it's going to be interesting doing a rundown of this film, considering. But I guess we can do it. So yeah, the film opens up with uh, the first character, pretty much. Or we pretty much get the, the close-up of the eyeball, and then we're going to do some bald dude who ends up getting chopped into small little cubes <laughs> you know what that reminded me of uh it kind of made me think of hellraiser the intro when frank was sitting there messing with the the cube ironically Fox. Well, I meant configuration. You know? <laughs> yeah you know but it kind of reminded me of that it's, uh, 
you know, the way it was shot. So I'd, I'd say that there was there could have been a little bit of inspiration there. And then funny enough, that's exactly what happened to the one guy in the first Resident Evil movie. Yep, that's uh, Paul W. S. Anderson paid homage to that scene. They do like or ripped off, whatever. Movies. They do. The silly laser room that made no sense, really. Except it was, if you turn your brain off, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I, I still thought that was pretty stupid. It's just a laser that goes through, and then eventually it thinks, oh, wait, I can just make a bunch of lasers. Why you do it in the first place? That laser room makes about as much sense as the size of Mila Jovovich's nipples. <laughs> yeah, very, very small, but... Uh... Uh, the film's basic plot is just that of a survival plot. They gotta keep figuring out, you know, how to actually not trigger the traps. The characters are introduced one by one, and, uh, the first kill, or the first death, is rather kind of, well, the first death is pretty, is established, I think, like, ten minutes in. It's really seriously telegraphed, because one of the characters is like, he's broken out of every prison in the world! Which is why the second he opens up the room, he gets killed immediately. Now, one of the things they immediately figure <laughs> out <laughs> is if they throw a boot into a room, they can, well, trigger a trap. And if they throw a boot in there, uh, they know not to go in there. Uh, and ultimately, after uh, I think it was Quentin was the uh, was the guy that escaped from every prison in the world dies. Uh, they then get kind of nervous, as you'd expect. Uh, they eventually figure out that uh, if they use mathematics, they can read these little numbers that are printed on the doors. And, of course, they just so happen to have a character who is a math wizard. Uh, it's the, it's the uh, typical, you know, uh, brunette chick. Who, and who introduces herself being, I'm a nobody, I'm just a student who happens to be, like, super intelligent with math and can, like, do high-level calculations in their, on their head on the fly. So, yeah. Not really nothing. Uh, the characters are actually fairly basic archetypes. The leader character is uh, a black cop, and you think he could be the hero, but he also shows that he's a bit rough around the edges. And, of course, there's the sympathetic female doctor character, then there, of course, is uh, not Rodney McKay, and he's just kind of an asshole. You don't actually get introduced to the previously mentioned Kazan until, I think, halfway into the film. And he, of course, will end up playing an important role. It is kind of hard to, like, do a plot synopsis of this movie, considering <laughs> what it is. Clearly, the movie, it was Saw before it was Saw. It has a lot of Kafka-esque qualities, and I mean, it's definitely been one of those movies where... People either love it or people hate it. There's really, like, no in-between about it. Personally, I loved it because it was definitely a very industrial type of film. You know, it had, um... You could definitely tell that it was low budget, but it had a lot of heart in it. I think the thing that made this movie stand out the most for me, though, was just the simplicity of it. I mean, yeah, you could tell that they were using the same room and they were just changing the lights depending on it. But the whole thing is, is the, the whole basis of the movie to me was to just show how easy it is for society to crumble. Hmm. Right. The, you, you, you've got, um, uh, I, um, what, Quentin. I know the cop's last name is my last name. That's how I was able to remember him. He said he was a cop, but he could have been, I don't know, because he definitely had a, another side to him. That, that, that also 
the, the, there's a point behind that too, because I mean, once again, it's very Kafka-esque, and they show you how society is like so fragile. Is um, the cop you would think is the one that has all of his shit together? He's the one. All right, everybody, listen to me. We're gonna try to figure this out. Blah 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 blah. Right. Uh, and then he's trying to like make sexual advances on the one girl, and then he's leaving the other guy to die, and then he turns out to be a fucking lunatic. You know what I mean? Obviously, the message is supposed to be sent saying, hey, just because they're a police officer doesn't mean they don't have a couple screws loose. Once again, it's a whole theory that when you're put into a stressful situation like this, when extinguished at any moment, are you willing to sacrifice other people to get ahead so that you can have maybe like 10 more seconds on Earth sort of thing? So it's it's, it's definitely a very thought-provoking film. And... You can't really give it a plot synopsis. It's something that you absolutely have to go see. So once again, you can decide whether you love it or you hate it. Right. You definitely need to watch. It's one of those things you got to watch at least once in your lifetime type of movies. That well done. Budget and in that time frame. I think the film also is trying to show that humanity was its own worst enemy. Uh, Whenever they work together... That's their best chance for survival. But every time they start uh, engaging in infighting and things of that nature, that's when people start to die. And so I think it shows that while definitely the traps of the cube are dangerous, they themselves are the most dangerous. Because uh, basically, as we go through the film, they figure out more and more aspects of the cube. In fact, they even find an exit, a potential exit from the cube. Because, as it would turn out, the Rodney McKay character just so happened to design the shell of the cube. And this is where the film gets a little silly. Uh, The cube is absolutely gargantuan. Like, it's like a hundred stories and it's buried underground. I'm like, yeah. Do you realize how much that would cost? How would you construct such a thing? But ultimately... Well, they never... Obviously, this was a government thing, you know? Well, they never... In the first film, it's definitely a mystery. I mean, you know, they are, they hint at aliens and other things of that nature. You don't get a clear answer of who made this thing. I don't know if the government would actually have the, fun, the, the black funds necessary to make something that big. I mean, that's just... Well... Like, it, they well, didn't make spending ten thousand dollars on a nail and twenty thousand dollars on a hammer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they do hint uh, a little bit more with the two sequels they made, but it's still not clear cut. Like, like in a hypercube, there was a military aspect because they had to retrieve something, and then in Cube Zero, which is a prequel, they showed. That there were people that were hired to operate the cube, but they didn't even, but they don't even know who the higher ups are. So there's still kind of a mystery of what exactly the cube is. I always felt that it was one of those government type of things, and it's like they built it, and then I mean, that never gets answered throughout this film was why are we here, and you know what? Why are these characters all thrown in here? And it's like I felt that it was something where they just grab people off the street and throw them in there. Just to put them in there. I, I, I mean, it's like, well, we built the goddamn thing. We might as well use it. My thought was aliens. You know, I mean, there's no implication. We don't know where it is. We don't know where it could be. So 
it wouldn't make any sense if the government made it because, once again, that's just something the size of a supercarrier. I mean, just the sheer amount of steel alone would be very expensive. But if it was aliens, then, yeah, that would make a, a degree of sense. And uh, it would also get, have a good motivation of what do humans do, how do they tick, and things of that nature. Uh, when we finally get to the end of the film, they figure out that they've been looking at the numbers wrong. And it just so happens that they find Kazan, who is, of course, another math wizard, despite having autism. Uh, I've actually spoken to someone who knows a good deal about autism, and apparently it's a uh, realistic depiction of uh, certain autistic symptoms. But, of course, he has the, the magic autism of being able to do math really, really well. <laughs> can I interject really, really quick there? Um, I can tell you firsthand, I, I actually have autism in my family, and I've worked with the Special Olympics like for years. It is a pretty accurate depiction, and it's not—it's it, not magic. The the term for it is a savant, and it's basically where, where autism typically loses one thing, they gain something. Not even double fold. It's kind of like triple fold. Like um, my little brother, very high functioning autism case, and one of his like things is is like he's got this amazing ability to be able to like remember shit. Like like he he could look at like fucking license plates numbers from a mile away, and he could memorize that shit like thirty years later. It, it's so the people in that typical um. Uh, um, people with that typical, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I can't really find the right fucking word for it. People with autism typically are very, very, very good with numbers, though. So it does make sense. Being purgatory, too. Technically, they could all be in hell or some kind of, like, in-between place, too. Because at the end, uh, the main character does see a white light. I think it was, it was one of the, it's an example of a film that got more popular than uh, I think any of the people working on it thought it was going to, and that's why it got those oh, really, yeah. really crappy sequels. Yeah, they, you could tell that they were not planning on making more than this to get it. It was like a fucking film project. And then, uh, people like this? Yeah, it's like uh, a lot of those uh, really crappy franchises that start out with a really good first movie, you know, pretty much every horror franchise is terrible. Because the first movie is the only good one because that's the only one that has any talent behind it. I, I like the, the, the two sequels. You could definitely tell that they did not plan on making another one. No. I mean, that's, like Lot said, that's typically a case with most horror movies. Is uh, they, they, they don't plan on doing more. Perfect example, why Friday the 13th is so fucked up, is um, they did not plan on making any more. The first four or five... Much five less a sequel per year. Um, uh, it, it didn't become a big deal until after part five. Because, I mean, part one, they figured it was going to be a one-and-done cash-in. They they made their money back, and then a lot. Uh, you know, and then they made part two. And, and then they figured, okay, that'll be the end of it. We're giving them their sequel. And then, whoa, this sold really, really well. I guess we've got to do a part three. And then part three, you know, did really, really well. It was like, all right, look, we got to end this. So we're going to end it at part four. It's just the the whole point being is the first four movies they did not plan on making anymore, and this is how the timelines and how the continuity 
and, and even the quality of the strips gets all screwed up because they put everything mask it. Right. But there's yeah, no, was, there's well, no way in hell, no way in hell that these sequels. I've never seen them, but there's no way in hell that they will ever match up to the original. Yeah, I don't know. I have a soft spot for Hypercube, but and that one's more. I think only because that one's then the sequel is a transdimensional cube, so they deal with the alternate realities and time travel and stuff, and is and eventually it starts becoming unstable, and the film goes on more and more. I'd say Q2 is worth watching. There's a lot of cool ideas in it. Is it as good as the first? No, but it's got some really neat ideas. Like I don't want to start adding. Like I don't want to spoil it, but there is a, a serial killer. And it, there is a time travel aspect of it, and it, it's kind of creative what they do with that. Oh, but you said there is a serial killer, and I'm like, yeah, like in Predators. <laughs> like, this isn't Back to the Future, motherfucker. <laughs> no, there's a moment. Because... I don't want to spoil it, but... Well, I think one thing you notice, though, is you have a very simple first film that just is very straightforward in what it does. Yeah, the reason... But... I think the reason why Cube works is because you can get to, with people and come up with your own theories... Of uh, I I like the fact that it doesn't answer everything. Like like I said earlier, it could be uh they could all be in purgatory, and the white light could represent, you know, heaven or hell or something. Who knows? Oh, good one, mate. Of course, That's then again, yeah, there is one. There's a problem. This has nothing to do with really cube, but uh, bringing up like they don't tell you everything. That that can be good or bad. This is just a general movie discussion that's that, that kind of annoys me in some instances where when they don't explain something and it's like it makes what you just saw kind of pointless there's a show i watched just recently i won't say what it is because because uh, it was actually a good show right up until the end but it's where literally nothing was explained and it really needed to be because that was kind of a point it was, it was, it was i will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. But, I, I'm in you know, the same like, boat as you. Okay. I mean, um, I, I don't. What? Could, whatever. Could you be talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, I not... Q. I, I, I think. Agree with I you. think Cube is a movie that, more or less, purpose is to create a sense, uh, you know, of dread, and being terrified of like, are they gonna survive or not? the death traps, you know, that kind of stuff. More yeah. so than having everything explained. Well, see... Uh, no, That's all? That, 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 that definitely plays off of... It depends on the person watching it. Um, you know that one movie that Ryan Reynolds did where he was trapped in the coffin? Yeah. I, um, buried. Yeah, I think that's what it was called, Buried or something. Scared? That, the fuck out of me. That was a gimmick for a, wh a while, Hollywood. Because uh, they also did another movie called Frozen. <laughs> I think it's a Disney movie. And it was literally about people who just got stuck on a ski lift. And then they did a Buried, and then they did like another one. But yeah. Buried scared the shit out of me. And the reason why is because I, I, I'm a really, really, really bad claustrophobic. Oh. And, and thinking about that, like being trapped in a situation like that, like, like, fuck the ending. The ending was sad enough. You know, they went to the wrong box and all that. But about being in a situation like that terrifies me. 
So, I mean, if if you're a claustrophobic person, this movie will definitely play on your... Yeah, I'd have, say that... I'd have to say Frozen was worse, because not only are you stuck in one spot, you're freezing, slowly freezing to death. I would think so, potentially. But, and then there was another one uh, called... There's one where they're just stuck in the ocean and the sharks. Oh, I forgot. What the hell's the name of it? I can't remember. Diving or something? Or something happened where they got... They literally got stuck... In uh, the middle of the ocean, the entire movie is just that. And yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I. Oh, God, the... oh man, the name of it's like at the edge of my brain. Yeah, it's actually I know it was uh, open water. Yeah, that's the one I recognize the name now. But like I said, there was a time when like Hollywood kept making these movies where it would be a person uh, either stuck in the water, stuck on a ski lift, stuck in a box, you know, <laughs> through the entire thing. Stuck in a fridge. <laughs> it's Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. No, oh, don't remind me you of that. the Coke. <laughs> but that, but that, all that aside, uh, I think this is one of those films that you don't actually really need to even know what or why anything is going on because you're more interested in just seeing how the characters are going to react to the next potential trap or react to what one of them is going to do. And with that in mind, not everything needs... Uh, an explanation, uh, but, well, okay, with a film like this, it's more of a survival film than anything else, so you don't necessarily need to know where the cube is, how they got there, or anything like that. Now, some shows definitely do need an explanation. Well, it's sort of, you could think of it like an elongated episode of Twilight Zone or something. You know what, you brought up a really good point, because I remember... There was a Twilight Zone episode that was exactly like this. I don't remember the name of it, but I used to watch Twilight Zone all the time as a kid. And there was this one episode that was pretty much exactly like this movie. Hmm. Uh, I think I know which one you're talking about. I think it's the one where it's the people that are stuck in that uh, room. Although I, I could spoil the ending, but I'm not going oh, to. Oh, uh, actually, funny enough, uh, at least if Wikipedia is true or not, they're saying... That the episode was five characters in search of a, an exit, which is reportedly the inspiration for this film. So, huh? Interesting. Right. Well, of course, it does have a. It was so ahead of its time. Yeah, I know what episode you're talking about. I know the twist in it too. What's a twist? I'm I'm actually pretty happy that it wasn't an annoying twist in uh, Cube. Uh, the film itself will probably keep you guessing throughout it. It not too much is telegraphed, uh, which is really quite surprising. Now, since we're of course in the uh, spoiler bit, the uh, vast majority of characters aren't even killed by the traps, uh, and that's a rather yeah. interesting thing. The person that I, it's actually a person that killed a whole bunch right. of people. The worst uh, one is the acid in the face. But that's the very well, first right one. The beginning. I, yeah, honestly, it doesn't even seem like that big of a deal because that's just the intro kill, and and that's like, it's so telegraphed. It's like, come on, just kill them already. I know, but the effects were done so well on the melting. We're just like, oh god, no. Well, yeah, that was pretty good, but after that, the film really isn't particularly violent. Uh, what's particularly sad, you know, is uh the fact that all the characters that you kind of come to love end up being killed off by the uh, cop character because he's gone completely mad and he stabs the attractive uh, brunette chick in the back, literally. 
Uh, and Locke's heart was broke. <laughs> yes. And the... Uh, well, don't forget, Hollywood? he drops the nurse out the frickin' cube thing. Yeah, the, uh, the cube window. Cube window. Uh, the only one who makes out alive is Kazan. And we don't really see where he goes, so we do not know if he made it home or not. Uh, I actually like that particularly ambiguous ending simply because uh, it keeps you guessing. Like, what, did he come out on an alien planet? It, did he come out in the desert? We just we don't know. And I think it works quite well in that regard. <laughs> I can make a reference to the Predator and say he came out on the Predator homeworld. And then they took his spine. Of course he wouldn't because he's not really a warrior. He's, you know... A, Math savant, so why would they have any desire to... Oh, I yeah, got it. I was going to give spoilers to the Predator, but... Nah. I got it. <laughs> they play a lot of Minecraft and Sonic the Hedgehog. Minecraft! Dedicated RAM. Do you know about that uh, spoiler Wolfman on the Predator? Wasn't, I feel like I could always spoil what we're talking about so you know what you're talking about, but if you want to wait shit to me like spoilers don't bother me oh well in the, in the predator no joke they say that autism is like the next form of evolution and that the predators are collecting spinal fluid to uh, like hibernation themselves and they essentially want autism spinal fluid to evolve themselves get out of here with that shit uh, yeah, from the writer of Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. I still like that film. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> uh, I stand by my review of that film, by the way. Oh, yes. I liked Venom 2, goddammit. And uh, Venom 1. Even though Venom 2 hasn't been released yet. You know what? I, I'm, I'm more than willing to believe that fucking Predators is a really good movie. Um, or, or maybe it was Fred Decker. Who knows? Or Shane Black. I don't know. <laughs> Fred Decker. Someone has to do a little bit of nutty shit once in a while, and a fluid that will. What? Well, the way I see it, you know, it's a. I think they were going for a more legitimate reason for collecting spines other than just trophies. Yeah, I think it works. I liked it. I don't care. <laughs> Back to Cube, should we talk about the death traps in general? The fact is there weren't that many in the film. That's the thing. It, so, it, I thought it, the razor wire one was uh, a pretty cool scene. Like, don't yeah, move! But... And then they slowly show it, and then he jumps out just in time. Or the sound room with the spikes. Yeah, the death traps she didn't see too much of, but it was just the sheer fact that they they were there. And that they were a constant presence. They did a good job building attention so, during those scenes. They didn't overuse it to the point where it just became boring. It's kind of like that's one of the biggest problems with any horror sequel, you know, <laughs> like uh, like with Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, and all the rest. Right. Is like in the first film they killed off like a person, you know, and then in the next film they're just cutting people left and right. With Cube, it was like there was like maybe what three traps in the entire film, and I so. It knew how to pace itself very well. I almost feel like we've become like uninspired to talk about Cube. It's like, Cube, it's good. Go see it. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's like a hard movie to, to like talk about. It's like, yeah, there's these people, and then there's like sabotaging, and then one by one, some people get murdered, and they figure it out. Well, but then ultimately they figure out if they would have stayed in the, the same room 
it would eventually cycle to the exit. How did you get an Italian accent when you were describing that? I don't know. Boom <laughs> <laughs> over here, and then they go over there, and then they go boom into the trapper, and then they climb into the cube, and then the cube, they change the colors. And they have to find the Koopas. I don't know why, but Bowser showed up. Thankfully, Bowser did not. From side to side. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's no uh, there's no cube video game, but the closest thing I can think of is uh, Half Dead. Nothing to do with Half Life. It's actually like I think it's like a dollar on Steam or whatever. And uh, well, you can't go up or down, but <laughs> you essentially go through different rooms. You can play co-op, and you know you gotta avoid death traps and stuff, find the exit. And it's surprisingly good. It's uh, fairly well made and. Uh... It's pretty much it pretty much replicates the film Cube uh, pretty well, actually. I believe the sequel's also coming out, but yeah, like right now it's like two bucks. <laughs> Portal? No, no it's uh, called uh, Half Dead. Oh, that game has gotten so much shit. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I read the reviews, and it's just like... I think people who uh, complain about the game don't really get it because it's just, you know, you try to not trigger traps and that's it. I think they were expecting either more or something different. But I guess that's all there is to say about the old Cube. Uh, it's a cerebral horror film that uh, definitely will keep you guessing as to what's going on as you watch it. Uh, it's definitely, I wouldn't say that it's aged well. I would say it hasn't aged at all. I mean, the special effects have uh, aged somewhat. But I think you'll be able to suspend your disbelief while watching it to the point where it really won't matter. It's kind of like Sonic 2. You know, Sonic 2 has aged a bit. The only effect I thought aged was maybe the stop motion at the beginning, but it still looked awesome. I should think so. I mean, you can, if, if what you're watching is good enough, you can uh, suspend your disbelief no matter what the effects really are. It's been 20 years. They need to make, like, a a new cute no, movie. Don't. Yes. No, they don't. Oh. There is no, a don't. reboot they're working on. No, they don't. No, I mean, every time they reboot something, it's usually far, far worse, far oh. more uninspired. They can, they, can start, they can start them out in a new cube, and they end up, uh, like, halfway through the film going to the ruins of the old cube. And it's like, ha they can make it, like, half working That's... and stuff. They can make it half That's working. stupid. And like, oh. Stupid. Oh my god, we're stuck in a new cube. No, you have a fucking cube. That's it. <laughs> you can it's call like, it cubed. <laughs> cube square. Call it, or you know what? Call it fucking Rubik's Cube for all I care. It, cube, the next generation. Cube 4. Because cubes have four sides and it's a fourth film. <laughs> Yeehaw, the next generation. I, it does not need a remake. It does not need a sequel. It does not need a remake where it's 20 years later and, you know, Kazan has returned from college. Or... It's, uh... it's like, look, okay, you know, we'll, we'll close out the video talking about horror remakes. Horror remakes almost never work. Hold on. Before, before you go into a tirade, sir, I, I just wanted to, to, to give, like, one final thought on Cube. Um, the best way that I can really sum up this movie is, is that, like you, like Lot said, it, it, it has not aged thing. It's just as good as I remember when it first came out. If you had that, well, what is this movie like? Like, is it, like, what other movies is this like? Think of it like, like Saw, 
meets Event Horizon, and there's Cube. If I describe this film in one word, dread. Not to judge either. Just it's definitely it definitely really really good. It definitely gives you that feeling like you're stuck in some kind of hell. Go on your rant. And the the movie. Oh, I was gonna say the movie is is a feeling, man. It's a feeling you need to experience. The movie that is Cube. That's all I gotta say. Check it out. It should be on like every horror fan sci-fi like watch list. But what you don't want to watch is, of course, the Cube remake. Why? Because remakes never work. Remakes never work. They'll just call it Square. All they do, no horror remakes never work. Let me let me specify. Some remakes do work. The thing I don't think really counts because that's a little different. Yeah, because everyone's going to bring that up. It's like, oh, the thing is good. Well, you know what? They, it's a completely different film to the original thing from another world, so I'm not... But that kind of does prove my point, though. It's like, if you made, like, a remake of Cube, what do you think the remake would be like? It'd be a fucking triangle. You know? It'd be a square. You know? It's just square. <laughs> oh, my joke My joke came true. Apparently, they're... apparently according to 2015, they were going to call the remake Cubed. I was just joking. You know, it's like... It would have nothing... I don't even know where to even start with what a Cube remake would likely be like. You know, it's like... Cube... I wouldn't care if they remade it or not. It'd just be no different than the sequels, to be honest. It would be Octagon, and it would be like UFC fights and shit. Okay, that might be hilarious. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if that's what... If that would would be the case, though. It's like... I guess the best way to point it out starring The Rock and Ronda Rousey. <laughs> the Octagon. Step into the Octagon. But that being said, you know, a lot of these movies really can't be remade all that well, you know? It's like, sometimes you'll get an exception, like The Thing, before anyone tells me. But think about this, though. Cube is a film that was that was kind of... Cube is one of those movies that... You can't go down a formula checklist like so many films do today. It was a it was a film that was made by unique individuals, you know, more for the art than it was just for a bottom line. You know, it's the same way with a lot of classic films, you know, like Alien and uh, Star Wars and things of that nature. This had a lot of passion put into it versus just, oh, it is Cube. People know that name, right? Let's just call it Cube Cube, so it'll show up higher up on the Google search results. We are smart. We will have rooms and lots of traps. Let's put CG traps. They might like have like gravity traps because we're smart. All right, I'm done. So okay. yeah, watch the original Cube, and well, I'm not going to say the sequels because someday we might review them, and then we'll let you know. <laughs> but for now, watch sure. Cube. There is, there is one thing I did want to say, though, with Jeff Goldblum. Uh, the Fly? See, now I'm just going to bring up these good remakes. But you know what? Name me other than Thing and Fly. Other than Thing and Fly that were better than the original? Off uh, the top of my head, I'd probably have to say... Yeah, The Thing, The, really the Fly. Uh, I'd say Night of Living Dead is actually just as good as the original. Uh, in a way, uh, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure thing. 
yeah, that's what I meant. One, not, yeah. not any of the other fuckers. That, that sorry, was, that's that, what I meant. That was definitely on par with the original. Right. Hills Have Eyes wasn't a terribly bad remake. Yeah, that was really good. The first one, not the second one. Not the second one of either. <laughs> the the original sequel and the remake sequel both sucked. But the original and the remake were really good. I uh, really like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes. Yeah, even though technically, like, <laughs> that, that canon sequel's been changed so many times. Like, isn't technically three a remake and four a remake? And <laughs> I don't know. I actually enjoyed the I actually enjoyed the remake, and I actually liked the prequel too. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was gelled really decent. Um, um, for sure, better than any of the other turds that flew up the pipe. Sequels that came out in the horror category. Well, let's see. We'll go down the big ones. That, uh, Friday the Thirteenth remake was kind of passable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was month. it was kind of yeah it was decent. The only problem I had with it was I felt that teenagers were caricatures of teenagers. If you know what I mean? Uh, it's like... Teenagers were awful. I wanted them to die. Uh, Nightmare at Elm Street that was horrible. The guy mm-hmm. looked like a burnt sock. Uh, they they well they expected us to so they're like they're like Freddy is a pedo in this and then they're like have I listened to his funny one liners? It's like ha 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 you <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Halloween remake. Seriously, Rob Zombie, go fuck yourself. <laughs> at least, I, yeah, but at least it tried to be different, though. It wasn't an exact copy of the original, but it wasn't exactly what right. I wanted. If it was going to be different, then he was going to give us different character names in a different setting with a lot of different stuff. Right. Okay. That 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 forty-five minutes of the white trash household <laughs> and, and subjecting like good actors. The evil, uh, the evil Dead remake I thought was really good. The Evil Dead remake. Hmm? We're only coming out to this cabin so that you can quit doing drugs. <laughs> so yeah, just keep that in mind of how easily a Cube remake <coughs> could go wrong. Suck. The 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake was really good, even though I don't consider it a remake. Just, <laughs> they both did plays at the mall, that's about it. It was uh, kind of like... It, it, to me, the Dawn of the Dead remake was like they brought 28 Days Later to America. <laughs> I heard Piranha 2010 was good, but I haven't seen it, so... I haven't seen it either, but um, it does stand a lot to this point, though. So easy for a remake to go bad. Right, and it's... I think if you put a lot of passion in it, too, you can do a decent job. There's not going to be passion behind it. Oh, yeah, another thing I wanted to bring up, the Stepfather remake sucked. Ugh. Doing a remake of Cube, it would never, never work. And the reason why is because you had all the right elements. I think the correct term is lightning in a bottle. They are pro- twice. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, it does not happen twice. Right. This was a perfect storm of, okay, we have X amount of money, so we have to make this work this way. It's like, think of it this way. And this is what I always do when I produce videos, too. Think of the doors opening in Resident Evil. And it's also to hide the loading screens. Right. Uh, And I mean, I I guess the whole point behind me saying that is, it's just sometimes simplicity is more effective than... Well... Sometimes you can cover up things 
that would be a glaring thing that you know if you had the right finances. If they put a hundred thousand into making this movie, it would not be the same because no, you would not have that passion. You would not have the director and the story writer going, I really need to make this good. I got to make it. I got to make it. You got a director who's, you know, like, we got to make this fucking work with X amount. People like that, you know, when you're in a situation like that, you will work harder and you will work smarter. So I guess we're done with The Cube. A cube is a solid shape. Six flat surfaces. Each surface is the shape of a square. It's a three-dimensional shape. Roll some dice, play with some blocks. Scare a friend with a jack-in-the-box. Ice cubes and Minecraft blocks. Shapes are kinds of cubes. A cube can slide and stack up high. A cube isn't curved, so it cannot roll. It's a cube, cube, cube. Six surfaces. Each one is flat. Each one is flat. A cube is a solid shape. Six flat surfaces. Each surface is the shape of a square. It's a three-dimensional shape. Roll some dice, play with some blocks. Scare a friend with a jack-in-the-box. Ice cubes and Minecraft blocks. These shapes are kinds of cubes. A cube can slide and stack up high. A cube isn't curved, so it cannot roll. It's a cube, cube, cube. Six surfaces. Each one is flat.